On tonight's episode of The Crown After Show, we'll talk about Elizabeth's other life and Elizabeth shutting down an attempted coup. You don't want to miss it. Stay tuned. I'm Maria Menounos, and you're tuned in to After Buzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, Welcome to the Crown After Show right here on AfterBuzz TV. My name is Sahai and I am your host tonight. We will be discussing episode five, Coups, and we'll be breaking down Lord Mountbatten being kicked out, this attempted coup that happened, Harold Wilson's issues with the government, and Elizabeth's possible other life. We'll also have our special segment, The Tweets Are Talking, and some news and gossip for you. Don't forget to hit us up in the live chat as well. But first, let me introduce you to my co-host, Tehran. Well, hello, everybody. Hello. (laughs) Cheerio. It's getting a little bit better. Hello. (laughs) Tehran is a comedian, entertainer, and our resident historian. Thank you for being here, Tehran. How are you doing tonight? I appreciate you having me, Sahai. I am... Excited to discuss this episode. This is possibly one of the most, I don't want to use the term accurate. Okay. However, one of the most profoundly accurate episodes of The Crown that we've seen thus far. We we had different feelings towards this episode. Um, I am against the high. I am a host and producer. I produce television, social media, and podcasts. So, And I just love all things Great Britain and royal family. But my overall thoughts on this episode, I did not love this episode. It was very politically heavy. I like more drama. I feel like, Tehran, I think this is where you're going to shine tonight. This is this is your type of episode, talking about politics Definitely and by the far military, one of my favorite. military and history. And I was more interested in the part where Elizabeth and, and Porchy went out of, out of the country. So that will be my time to shine. But first, let's get into where we start with Lord Mountbatten being ousted. You know, he was the head of the military for many years. He's Elizabeth's second cousin. He, you know, has been this great leader in 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 historically in in England sure. and um to have him kicked out was I felt kind of sad for him basically they kicked him out can you clarify why they kicked him out so basically he was it, they were trying to cut have cuts i mean basically it came out cutbacks and out with the old in with the new right. it was another scapegoat situation harold wilson is taking the br- the brunt of all the devaluation and economic downfall of of the united kingdom at the time it's a tar- time of turmoil we also see in the time in the 60s this is a time the suez canal and everything is happening it is a tumultuous time and a time of change politically and in the climate across the world in a lot of ways. And and so the UK is now beginning to shrink as an empire. This once amazingly blossoming empire, the superpower the world has never seen. When you talk about an empire where the sun never uh, the sun actually never set, mm-hmm. you were talking about the United Kingdom before this this is and yet we see a steady decline culminating into what equivocates is something that we had in the 30s which is a depression in the united states happening in the united kingdom where they felt that they were immune to these things they are after all great britain right and at this point it's just britain right right so harold wilson in the cabinet we've seen them try to find a scapegoat before which is uh the queen mm-hmm. now they find another one in lord mountbatten this is a person who is part of the old re- regime right. he stands for everything that they find wrong 
and they need to make some of the wrongs rights, especially when you find the people on your own side are basically the people on your own side are the ones who are now looking down at you and your actions. We're seeing it's it's interesting how it's a, it's it's the dichotomy of what we're seeing play out in our own current political climate mm-hmm. with the possibilities of of impeachment and things of that nature with President Trump and that that short soliloquy that Queen Elizabeth gives regarding the constitution and and being voted out and you'll you give the same people who who voted him in a chance to vote him out. And, and it's it's interesting that you know, split. And like you were saying, there's a 107 million pound trade deficit. So yes. there's a lot of you know issues happening at this time. And Lord Mountbatten, unfortunately, is the guy that has to go. That scene where... We, we wish for, by the way, in, in today's world, we would wish for 107 million right. uh, pound deficit. That would be amazing. Right. right? We're, we're, we're trillions here and there. And who do we owe? These Mars? Were- like, I've always, <laughs> that's the whole thing is when it comes to economics. And, and I, have an, I have a master's in economics, right. uh, economic theory. And still, you still have a hard time understanding all these numbers and what it means and where this money goes and how it works out. Yeah, so he, Mountbatten, that scene where Wilson tell, is telling him, first of all, Wilson, I'm worried about him. He seemed very nervous in this entire episode. I, I thought at one point he was going to have a heart attack because there was just so much stress and strain on him. And in, even having this conversation with, with Mountbatten, you could see this Wilson, who's this, the newer prime minister, speaking to someone who's been in the game so long, and he has to have this difficult conversation, but it, it forces him to really boss up. And, and, and Well, it's not just that. We also have to understand that Wilson, and we saw this two episodes ago, explains to Queen Elizabeth, I'm actually kind of one of you guys. I right. just act like I'm one of them. <laughs> right. So he's talking to a person who's the king of one of those guys. Right. Lord Mountbatten is the king of the elites. Right. He is elite all the way. He is a guy who has literally won wars. He has conquered India, unfortunately colonized the world. Right. Uh, as we play, put it, Supreme Allied Commander of the Southeast, uh, Southeast Asia, Chief Architect of the Occupied Europe. This is a guy who's literally willed his way. Because he's so elite, he doesn't think he can lose, has won right. battles. But then look how when it's time for him to go, they take that painting down with the quickness and they give him a sorry cake. That yeah, cake. That, cake. <laughs> that was a pitiful cake. That was... I felt farewell. so sorry. Like, it could have literally been anybody. They didn't even write his name. They're just like, farewell, buddy. And that, that was how it was supposed to be de- depicted. The They old laying him out. They They give him this cake that's basically a common cake right. after your life of service right this is all you get a cake and a song it must be tough getting old right and then did you see the kids snickering as they're singing the song which is supposed to be you know sending this this honored person off in in a respectable way they're snickering and, and laughing in the background i was like that's rude once again a social commentary on modern times we're looking at the age of the millennials versus the baby boomers right. we see a lot of that happening where you go to work one day and your boss is 20 years younger than you are and how you must feel as you enter the age of retirement and feel that everything and everyone around you is incompetent. Right. Also, speaking about um, Lord Mountbatten, we often talk about the liberties that the writers take for the show. And I read that Lord Mountbatten actually retired from his post in 1965. 
Yes. So he wasn't kicked out as depicted for the show. So, But the reason they're doing it this way for the show is so that it can lead into the other storylines. Yeah, yes. Technically speaking, okay. was it a, a strong retirement? Was it a retirement based on his own volition or a culmination of events? That's history will always uh, be incongruent on that. Okay. Okay. But you know what we are congruent on? How amazing our AfterBuzz shows are. Teron, tell me why. Well, that's because of all of you at home. You guys are, if not more so, if not as much more so a part of this panel as all of us. We appreciate your comments, your shares, your likes. We need those likes, subscribes, spread the word, share the love. We appreciate each and every one of you. And of course, if you're listening to us on iTunes, give us that five stars we so greatly deserve. If not... We may have to Lord Mountbatten you. (laughs) We appreciate you so much, and thank you for making us the ESPN of TV Talk. Thank you so much, and we appreciate all the comments. Um, You know, we just shot our previous episode, so we don't have our comments from that yet, but we can't wait to hear what you guys have to say. Um, Some of the things that we've also loved is, uh, you know, we're still being adjusting a little bit. We're into episode five now. We're halfway there. But some people still have are really passionate about their feelings towards the new cast versus the old cast. One person said, J.D. TV05 said, um, as much as I've been a fan of the new actors for a long time, I wasn't sure how I'd feel about the swap. I found myself loving them from the top. Tobias and Helena. So. Yeah, there. I, I'm. I was also one of those people who was very skeptical of the switch. I I didn't want it because Claire Foy did such a great. I mean, that cast was amazing. But this new cast is depicting the the evolution of the the crown, the royal family, in an amazingly realistic and very good way. I mean, this is a strong depiction. You're looking at a recreation and not a retelling and it's very impressive what they're doing. Definitely. And stay tuned for News and Gossip where we'll find out about some other changes that will be happening soon. Yeah, we will. (laughs) So let's get into the coup. Okay, so let's... So the coup, basically we saw... I think from what I understood, there were talks of two coups. So Wilson and his cabinet members had their plan for uh, switching things up. They wanted the Bank of England to no longer have as much power, and they then offered uh, Mountbatten the role of... They wanted to kick out... Um, I'm, yeah, so I'm sorry, I'm confusing two things. There were two coups, that's what I was saying. Wilson's team had a coup that they so were having. So Wilson's team but, had planned Brutus. Right, had planned Brutus. But then Mountbatten and the Bank of England had their own idea of a coup. Bank of England wasn't so much. It was Cecil King, who is this uh, media ba- baron. Right. Uh, the uh, They put it, I think it's the Mirror Group. Mm-hmm. But he, he was basically a media baron. He is... Uh, he owns newspapers and radio stations and... Cecil King basically organized this, and and history also has very different stories on how this came about. On in one story, MI5, by the way, was the one who infiltrated this group and found out about it. Okay, okay so so that was a whole thing. Mm-hmm. So on one hand, the agent who infiltrated said no. Lord Mountbatten was against it from the beginning and said no, and then later comes out testimony that Lord Mountbatten was on board with it and that the Queen squashed it. And so they did a little bit of both on the crown, right. in which if you remember Lord Mountbatten, Mountbatten came in in the beginning and was like, I should close my ears, don't go on, we need to stop now, but still listens, and then later the yeah. Queen puts the kibosh on it. Right. So they combined the two 
the two stories to create right. one. So Plan Brutus was where Wilson would strip the Bank of England of all its powers. They would enforce crash cuts in defense spending, freeze and freeze the sterling balances of foreign governments. So that was Wilson's team's plan to resolve all the issues they were having. Well, it was a lot of the money was moving out of England. Right. And it led to it led to and was caused by the devaluation of the pound at the time. Right. So the money moves out. People are taking their gold. They're taking their money out of the banks of England. And by the people, I mean the rich people. Obviously, when it comes to uh, the rest of us don't have those kind of options, right? Right. So most of us, we aren't involved. But when the elite starts moving their money around and starts putting it elsewhere, that hurts a lot. And he wanted to stop that. And the bank had no say on that. It is it is something that has happened historically in different situations. And we see a lot of that right before the collapse of a country. Right. So that's what made it so scary. Think about if they said the when you live somewhere and they say you're the, the money that you use is being devalued. Now, Wilson did make this speech where he tried to say, actually, this makes it, you know, positive so we can buy buy from England and, you know. In a way, and that's what we hope to happen every single time there is a devaluation of, of money. The dollar goes up and down all the time. In fact, there are people who make millions of millions of dollars, so to speak, based on purchasing and selling simply uh, people's monies, right. countries, different bills. That's how they make their money. Right. Because right. they're able to predict this. So, Well, Dorothy Banks in the live chat said, did this actually happen, the coup? So, in a way, the, the talks of it happened. The talks definitely happened. So here we have Cecil King, who's the the uh, press media baron, conglomerate, right? exactly. And then we also had we had uh, Zali Zuckerman, who is the chief scientific advisor uh, of the government, mm-hmm. and. So it it was real. Right. These are real people. These are real people who are important people. And in this meeting, uh, the the account we have from MI5 is that King, Cecil King, urged Mountbatten to become the leader of this government for the national salvation. And I want to talk about that because at this point, Mountbatten is, is unemployed, has no job. He's got the cake. That's it. That's all he's got. And he needs something to do. So when they approach him with this idea, I think it, it like Elizabeth later says, it, it, he needed a purpose. He was excited about it. You saw how much uh, he said, give me two days. And I thought he, I didn't know what he was going to do in that two days, but he took that time to really research coups and what countries have had coups and how they affected the country as a whole afterwards. So he was, it, it gave him purpose again. And that was interesting to see how, you know, no matter how old we are, we always need something to kind of keep us going. And that's this coup talk was what kept him going. And once again, very interesting times. This is very relevant right now with going what's going on in Lebanon, what's going on in Iran with the protests, mm-hmm. with coups happen. Right. Do they happen necessarily in well-foundationed democracies? Not so far, as far as we are as aware of. They don't specifically happen. Yeah. And that was one of the major points that Lord Mountbatten brought up on the show. Yeah, because... And he broke it down by five points, which was very interesting. Yes. And um, one of the tweets I pulled talks about those five points. He, He basically said no at first, but then he said... We can't. Unless. Uh, yeah, he says, now a coup can't happen because of this. But then he says, unless my good old cousin Elizabeth 
says that it can happen. So he explains to this team of people that Elizabeth does have a lot of power. She can dissolve parliament and she can appoint a new government and she's the commander in chief of the armed forces. So they, his old uh, soldiers, you know, who he no longer runs, have to listen to Elizabeth, not the parliament. So I I liked hearing that because it shows us that Elizabeth, who sometimes, you know, sometimes they act like she's just a, this figurehead that doesn't have any power. And here it is. We see that she does. And it, we often see that she has power when other people need her help. So here it is. Mountbatten wants her help. And he's, he's saying, hey, look at all the power that she does wield. And thankfully, she doesn't wield that power. I mean, the Emergency Acts of 1920 gave the royal family the head that emergency power in the case of and that hasn't come to fruition and just because you don't like someone doesn't mean that you get rid of someone all these things come to play harold wilson just he basically came in a very turbulent time yeah he he inherited what was a declining government and then did not make matters better yeah well, in a way well speaking of wilson um just wrapping up uh mount Benton and the coup a little bit come you back you british soldier come <laughs> you back they just offered him they wanted to th- these this banking group and this media conglomerate wanted to um install this emergency government and put Mountbatten as the in this figurehead role because they felt like he'd be inspirational to the people. Um, but Harold Wilson, while, you know, he's struggling over here. There's people protesting. The dollar is devalued. Everyone, there's a, it, it seems like there's this sense of fear again in the episode. And he seems nervous. He seems like he's shaking all the time. Um, and, and in seeing the scenes where Wilson is talking to his cabinet members, do you feel like he has the ability to make decisions on his own or he just is just going along with what they want him to do? Like, do you feel like his cabinet has his best interests at hand? I think his cabinet has their party's best interests at hand. Harold Wilson is caught in between the party and the country. Mm-hmm. And Elizabeth, I would and say. And a way of life. I don't know if, if it's... I, I really loved Queen Elizabeth's explanation. I, why are you protecting Harold Wilson? I'm protecting the prime minister. Yes. I'm, I'm protecting, protecting the position. And the constitution. And the constitution. It's not a person. And I feel that Harold Wilson is doing the same thing. He's protecting an institution that works. And it's part of the constitution that works. And it's part of a system that works for better or for worse. It's been said by... Winston Churchill, of all people, that democracy is the worst form of government. It's just better than all the others. <laughs> and here we have a constant, like a monarchy of sorts, but a constitutional democracy. I mean, there's a lot of things that play. Yeah. Wilson also is at this point where he can't, you know, he he's just kind of, I feel like he's stuck. That's where we see him stuck. Um, and he keeps saying that, oh, we, this is the second time in this episode where they said we, it's, you know, we're dealing with what we were dealt by the previous government. Is that really true? Like, it's, uh, are they in this position now because Churchill and the previous prime ministers left them in a bad position? Yes and no. We're going to see that throughout history. We actually have this uh, w- a wonderful uh, colloquial story regarding Khrushchev and saying you get two letters and he leaves this to his predecessor and he says if something happens you open the first letter and it says uh, if something bad happens you open the first letter and it says blame me Okay. and if something happens the second time you open the second letter he opens the second letter and says 
sit down, write two letters. <laughs> you get one chance to blame the p- past guy. Right. However, most of the time, successes and fall. The prime minister has a term, specifically no more than five years and one month, something mm-hmm. of that nature, and no less than a year, I believe. So in that term, how much, it, when you look at the president, when you look at the prime minister, whenever you look at these positions, elected positions, you're not the king, you're not the queen, you're not the dictator of the country. You're, say, there's a cabinet, there's a parliament, there's a congress, there's all these checks and balances that go through. So a lot of things that you're dealing with are the problems and the successes of your predecessor. Right. You get a lot of credit for things that your predecessor has done, uh, and you take a lot of blame for things that your predecessor has set up. Right. And sometimes it's not immediate. Sometimes things take 10, 15, 20 years to show and rear their face we look at something like what's going on in the Middle East now, and we remember the, for example, the 1954 operation by the CIA and MI6 to take out the Democratic leader of Iran. Mm-hmm. Well, what that what happens after that? We get the Shah, and then after that we get the Islamic Revolution, Islamic Republic. Well, we didn't see that for 30-year gaps at a time. Right. Everything has like a cyclical Exactly. Effect, yeah. That's how things work. So yes and no. So we also see here that, you know, Wilson kicks out Mountbatten. Mountbatten is down to kick out Wilson. I think he's kind of, I think he wants to kind of say, I'll show you. Look what you did to me. I'm going to get you back. But Elizabeth gets wind of this while she's out of the country with our dear Porchy. She basically has her racehorse. And, and her equestrian team that she's trying to bring up to speed and, and get them to find out what's going on um, technologically with advancements. Her in, unloved life. Right. In, in, in the field of equine horse racing. She wants to live in this racehorse life and breed horses and love horses and... Well, lick she also, horses she also looked like she wanted to... Uh, Porchy? Yeah. She breathe, wanted to breathe porch? life into Porchy, yeah. It was nice we've to seen see that. We've I seen know. That. It was nice to see them together again. And honestly, this was the happiest we've seen Elizabeth in a really long time. She says so. She says it's the happiest and most depressed, of course. It comes off the heels of her losing her horse losing a race. And it's, hey, great time to care about your horse right now. Your country is falling apart. Right. I know. But, you know... And you just asked for a raise. I just want to point that true. out. True. But I think it's it's her compartmentalizing. I think it's also a sign of her not be uh, immediately being aware of what's going on because people hide things from her until they really need her to be involved. Um, and I think, hey, she's been in this. She needs everybody needs a break. Sometimes she put her mom in in her place to to cover, which she I thought was really cute. Her mom taking over, and she said her mom was going to be really happy about that. But she goes on this trip. She goes to France, and we hear Elizabeth speaking French. I said, oh. oh, oh. Fancy. That was really nice. And how comfortable. You notice how in these scenes with the horses and around other the other equestrian people, she was very comfortable and more relaxed than we normally see her in other scenes. Would you agree? Yes. One of those liberties was her trips to the United States. Yes. The Kentucky, Kentucky Derby. Obviously, racehorse breeding is a big thing in the United States. Right. Uh, didn't happen until the 80s. Right. As far as... We know. Her, her, yes. But she did take a poorly timed trip in 1967, and that's what they're trying to illuminate. And she goes there. 
She's very happy. She loves being with these horses. Good for her. <laughs> See, I I like this part of the, I of the episode. It. I, I loved it. it pisses because... me off like no other. No, you're the queen of England. No, but she's also get a your person. ass back. No offense to <laughs> your Majesty. Get your ass back to that castle and get to the palace. Be in Buckingham Palace and do your job. Do what you're meant to do. Keep your people at bay and show support for your people well this gives me two things because it's like okay part of the reason that she's in this predicament is because she as she reminds us she wasn't meant to be the queen right destiny doesn't care what you think i know i know but it's still something that we see her struggling with right struggle this is i get so this is my dream in life (laughs) my dream in life well what do you think if elizabeth had not been the queen if if everything went smoothly, if her uncle didn't abdicate the throne, what do you? What kind of life do you think Elizabeth would have had? She would have lived this life. This is obviously what do she wanted to do. She... I think she would have lived a much simpler life. She might have had a less rocky beginning of a marriage. She would have fell into this role. She would have been a dull Margaret. I mean, that's really what we're looking at, right? Do you think she would have married Porchy instead of Philip? I don't think she has a choice but to marry Philip. I mean, marrying Porchy was never really an option. <laughs> Maybe she was gonna. She could have shaken things up. And if nothing Porchy. else, she, Queen Elizabeth Porchy. I mean, you can never. <laughs> I, I, you know, I couldn't marry Porchy. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, and my Aww. name's Tehran. I just don't. <laughs> Maybe if his name was. Peter, you know, if he went by Peter, I think you know the Brits have these cute nicknames. As yeah. we, uh, uh, you know, you guys, Dicky, Porty, right? You try to call, yeah, you guys try to call me Cece in the last episode, and you know, we're all trying to get nicknames here. Yeah. But I think with Porty, he just represents a life that she could have had, and what she feels like she's missing out on. But she ends up appointing him as her the leader of her equestrian team after this trip. So I think, you know, he does continue to play a special role in her life. Now, my other question to you is, we see Elizabeth as the queen, but people often underestimate her. So do you think at this point in her career, she's doing a good job as queen or, 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 or you know, things are still like, she's still finding I think her she's she, here. Every episode I've been expressing that at this point, there is this eggshells of why do we need the queen mm-hmm. and this is one time she comes out as the unfound hero this is the time where most people didn't know at the time that this was going on and she basically saved anarchy in the uk i'm sure the punk rock groups of the time would have loved it but the truth of the matter is that would have been the demise of the uk right. for for so many things yeah well and led to a lot of other Implications. That is a slippery slope. You have something happen in Great Britain, you're going to see it. Let's take a very familiar historical item. In 1776, of course, America mm-hmm. revolts against its sovereign. Right. Well, then what do we see after that? We see the trickle-down effect of so many nations revolt against their sovereigns. Right. And we see the French Revolution. We see the uh, breaking downs of, of the, the power and the regimes of Africa. We see that go on to Eastern Europe and 
spread. Yeah. So that's what would happen if Great Britain had a similar thing. Who knows what the effects would have been on the United States? Well, Elizabeth put the kibosh on it. Here she is trying to confide in Porchian and have this sweet moment with him. And then she gets a call from Wilson talking about this darn coup um, that's happening. So yeah, she, you know, that thing. Where, then, what does she the, do again? I forget her job title. What does she? I know, but can't she have a minute to herself? Goodness. Yeah, yeah. So she has to Queen. come back home and deal with this. And she she has to, she sits down with old Mount button and says listen uh she is mad she's, she's pissed but i love the way she checks people like it, it's very subtle you know but they know she means business and she tells him listen this is not what you're meant to do i understand you're still you know feeling the effects of being fired but you have to let this go the people have chosen um if they wanted someone other than wilson they will elect someone else don't that's, boo vote right that's not for you to decide yep. um i uphold i'm upholding the constitution and we are meant to do nothing but stand by and let change happen. And I think we saw, we like you said, we see this here in the States where we see the old regime trying to hold on to the way things were because things worked that best that way for them. But when change is needed to help the masses, sometimes they resist. So she put the, put the kapash on it and said, hey, go visit your sister. And he did. Mountbatten went to go see his sister. We see more Alice. We are loving Alice. Somebody on Twitter said that they need a whole... Uh, separate series for Alice. Uh, and that moment, again, you know, I love the the familial moments and the, the relationship. So we see these two, a, a, a prince and a, was he a prince or a king? Alice's brother, because they call her Princess Alice, but so he is... He's a prince. Prince? Okay, excuse me. So we see He might have even been a duke. Okay, <laughs> right. These, these I, two I have no titles. Older royal figures... But they're actually brother and sister. And now they're old. And she's like, brother, our time has come. Just lay it to rest. Just go out to green pastures and and live the rest of your life. Alice is always checking people. Like, listen, she told told Philip, listen, you need to find faith. And she's telling her brother, listen. Earl. He's actually an Earl. He's an Earl? He's an Earl. Okay, okay. Of Burma. Anyway, it doesn't matter. (laughs) It's true. It doesn't matter. Let us know in the comments what he was. He's the first Earl of Burma. Stop it. I can't. He is. He's the first Earl Mountbatten of Burma. Okay. I don't write these things. They just, you know, (laughs) they give out titles there, you know? Well, you know, she just, I love the way she always brings it home in these last two episodes. Alice definitely uh, brought it home. Um, to to what really matters at the end of the day. So that was episode five, The Coup. Anything else that you wanted to say before we get into our special segment? Yeah. Queen, shut the... Okay. Okay, I can't We're tired of, of the queen complaining about not having a normal life. Listen, I have a normal life. It sucks. Please. Thank you. Thank You're you welcome. very much. Okay, well, that leads Your Majesty. into um, our... Special segment, the tweets are talking. Yes. So the tweets are talking is our segment where I pull Twitter comments from uh, the interwebs to see what the people are saying about either the show or the specific episode. So we start with legal Indian, legal Indian, who says, "What all successful insurgencies have in common are five key elements." Which is this is a quote from the episode: control of the media, control of the economy, capture of administrative targets, loyalty, and military. And that's what Mountbatten said, told uh, the guys in in his that he found in his research. Love that. Next tweet is from uh, Madohi. 
which where she says, I just can't like Prince Philip being played by Frank Randall. I mean, not after what he did to Jamie. The queen is in terrible danger. <laughs> so if you're a uh, Game of Thrones fan, you know that our now Prince Philip was once on Game of Thrones. So that's what this is referencing. And I thought that was kind of funny. That's cute. Yeah. Then next tweet from Jada Graves, who says, Olivia Coleman was a given, but my God, Tobias Menzies, that is all. So see, some people love love the new cast. I, I'm really liking the new cast. I'm, do I miss the old cast? Yes. But for this storyline, they would not have worked, and they do Excellent casting job. Agreed. Excellent. Agreed. And our last tweet is from Lion Tamer Stewart, who says, finally finished watching season three of The Crown. What a total triumph for all concerned. Educational realization of the turmoil, scandal, indulgence, and pure drama of the royal family over the last 80 years. Roll on to season four. So look, we're, you know, some of you guys have already finished season three, but that leads us into our next segment, News and Gossip. Yes. So as the previous tweet that you you heard said, uh, roll on to season four. And speaking of season four, we have some information about that. But first, our lovely Olivia Coleman was on the cover of Vogue in October, which if you're into the world of fashion, you know, that's like the Bible. And not only was she on the cover, but she was photographed by Annie Leibovitz. So I think that's like when you, you've made it when Annie Leibovitz uh, has, has has taken your photo. And- One time, Annie Libowitz actually took a cell phone picture of me, and um- oh, did she? So you've made it as well. <laughs> oh. I, you said Annie Lebo, I th- uh, Katie, uh, Katie no, Lebo. Oh, Katie Lebo, yeah. yeah, that's her her cousin. Her yeah, cousin. her cousin. No one knows. <laughs> and speaking of the beautiful queen, um, in upcoming seasons, seasons five and six, we are going to have possibly a new queen, and that leads us into this um, Harper's Bazaar UK article that I found, where uh, they say that Imelda Staunton could replace. Olivia Coleman as the queen. I first saw her on the Bizarre UK Instagram, which we see a photo of Olivia here, but she may be switched out to Miss um, Imelda Staunton, if we can go to that link for that article. So basically, Imelda is a, a, a very popular British actress. Oh, she looks like the queen a little. She's right? got a queen, uh, queen-esque. Or is it the queen, or does she look like... Mary Poppins. I can never tell. <laughs> I think she's adorable, but um, you know what I found interesting huh. about the article is that they just kept from referencing the fact that she's sixty-three years old, um, and so she may. There is talks of her replacing Olivia in seasons five and six. Um, those seasons will uh, focus, they think, on Princess Char- Prince Charles's split from Diana, um, and the royal family's consequent fallout with the public. I wonder who that. they're going to get to play Diana. Uh, there, there are some talks of that. I'll, I'll kind of show you that um, in the next episode. Wow, cannot wait. Yes, because you guys know we are t- taking our time with this. So um, Staunton is uh, famed for period dramas. So she's acted in Vera Drake, Downton Abbey, Shakespeare in Love, and Sense and Sel- Sensibility. And she's also been in Harry Potter films playing Dolores Umbridge. So. Oof, I hated Dolores Umbridge. I never watched 
I any hated Harry it. Potter I just film, felt but... like I would get in trouble with her, and she'd make me right on my own skin too. You, you get in trouble here at After Buzz I know. every day. I know. So. <laughs> but that wraps it up for our episode five of the Crown After Show. Uh, Tehran, where can they find you? Well, besides finding me in uh, detention with Dolores Umbridge, you can find me on a slew of other After Buzz After Shows because all of your favorite TV shows are my favorite TV shows too. And of course, at I am Tehran all across the board. That's I am. T-E-H-R-A-N because I am Tehran. Thank Who else? you, Tehran. And you can find me at Say Hi Sahai. Please come up back to us on Tuesday where we'll be covering episodes 6, 7, and 8. Join us at 7 p.m., 9 p.m., and 10 p.m. to cover episodes 6, 7, and 8 of The Crown After Show. Tehran and I will be back then so you guys can catch up on all our previous episodes right here on After Buzz TV. Have a good night, everybody. Cheerio. Bye. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.